and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat and let's raise that curtain. today's episode, we'll be discussing the Book of Mormon. We saw this production at the Theatre Royal on the 26th of August, 2022. This outrageous musical comedy from the creators of South Park, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, with Bobby Lopez, co-writer of Avenue Q and Frozen, was first staged in 2011. The play is a satirical examination of the beliefs and practices of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So what's it all about? The Book of Mormon follows the misadventures of a mismatched pair of Latter-day Saints missionaries as they attempt to preach the faith of the church to the inhabitants of a remote Ugandan village. The earnest young men are challenged by the lack of interest from the locals who are distracted by more pressing issues such as HIV and AIDS, famine, female genital mutilation and oppression by the local warlord. But first, our post-show opinion! I just love it. Oh my god. So with all that said, let's... Set the scene! I've just got the um, coffee on the go, so I'm going to have a bit of a sip. Yeah, I'm going to tip mine all over the um, floor, floor <clears throat> like I did with Fanta. Right then, let's begin. So, Richard, would you like to describe to our listening viewers the set or lack of? What did we see when we walked in? Well, when you walk into Nottingham Theatre Royal, the Book of Mormon stage set is really almost godlike church you have a very erythral. Is yeah. that right, or is that? Yeah, is that is that, is that, the, is that the right word? Yeah, it's very very angelic, very stained glass windowed architecture frame. So you basically the stage is framed with a almost like a church archway. Yeah, and then but I'd, is, I'd say it's clearly from America as well. Yes, it's very you know, very it's... very American in style, and you literally all you've got is a dropped in piece of scenery painted with just a almost heaven like image. So it's clouds, it's all in pinks and blues, and all you've got is the orchestra pit. Really, that's it. There's mm. there's, there's not a lot, and so it's like the archway to the afterlife. Yeah, looking at it, it almost yeah. There's, there's well. it's almost the heaven and hell moment. Yeah, but I would actually like to point out that if you actually um, follow us and go on our instagram or facebook pages and you see the picture that rich has taken you'll be able to see the beautiful theater royal nottingham yeah it just looks stunning and this is the first time i actually sat in the um the upper circle yeah and it's it's when you realize how how well kept this theater is because mm. it's steeped in history and I, I would say hats off to theater royal nottingham to actually keep this in its state that is its best looking really in green and gold yeah because we saw was it Cluedo and animal farm here yes we did yeah now we were like on the front row weren't we, we? Were, yeah we were straight down, down in, the bottom the stalls, so, yeah so seeing this show from a different angle and so far back it it, it was as if it was a completely different theater yeah together and it feels like a, a different space in a way and it feels like a, a proper Victorian theatre as well, dare I say yes, it. Yes, it's one of my favourites, that, yeah. um, that and Buxton Opera House, and, you know, that has also got Buxton the same Buxton and um, Cardiff New Theatre. Yeah, Cardiff that, New Theatre, there's also one. Glasgow, there's yeah. a theatre in Glasgow that's that's very similar. But what made this quite, like, nice is when they dropped the, the glitter balls down and just the whole room just glittered and sparkled yeah. and it just made everything just... It, it. And this is before the plays even started. Yeah, I, I mean, the glitter balls were... They, this was at the end as we walked out, but the yeah. glitter balls were there yeah. throughout the whole production. Oh, yes, it was, well. that's right, yeah. yeah. But it doesn't give, that gives nothing no. away completely no. at all. But yeah, it's it just to show that I think you were led into a production that you really don't know. If you've never seen The Book of Mormon... No, I hadn't. And Stephen hadn't. I have already seen it. And it was on the list to go and see. I... I, I at this stage, I didn't know who wrote it no. or anything. No, you just you just knew of the of of the by name, but not. I actually. knew it was a religious satire. Yes, yeah, but point. not not any more than that. And then I got my program, and then he read the program, and I thought, oh my god, Matt Stone, Trey Parker, this is South Park here. Yep. Holy cow! And okay, so from the very first scene, it was was it the where they played the Jesus thing? They did the Jesus bit before. Yeah. They, so you you yeah, opened before with the a, first song with a preset story. Pre- so setting it up of 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 a of, of basically Mormonism in a way. Yeah. And the the bit where it was talking about Jesus, oh, this is Jesus, and I just it just instantly clicked. Yay! Yeah. I am Jesus. Believe in me, and you shall find peace. 
Yeah. It was just, I thought, okay, here we are. Here we are. I, I know the, the satire. World. I know what's coming. I know that the comedy and where they push this is going to be so extreme. Yes. And I think they, they didn't hold back on those references that made you instantly know that they meant business. And I think that was yeah. the key thing with this production. And the best thing about them before, we, we could talk about that in the writing bit, but what I would say now is um, because they're American, yes, they don't care what they say. No. If they offend you, they offend you. It's down on you. Exactly. Whereas British and the, the British way of uh, doing music, yeah, it's probably um, very different. Well, it's extremely different actually. But yeah. the, the the American, you, I, I knew. Here if it's, it's more American, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Like with innuendo, you stuff. fill the gaps. Whereas this was very much. They're it, talking they, about Satan and dead babies. You know, yeah. South Park. They really go above and beyond. Yeah. They don't hold back on anything. They, they any don't. Form no, they of don't. Language they don't or give they a just sh- say it how it is. The whole staging of this production. I know I've told you to describe it. I'm going. No, I think. Now. I think this time oh. I'm going to ask <laughs> Stephen. Oh, I can't remember everything. I'm just so excited. But you can talk about the production and what you thought about staging wise, and you know, the set. I think it helps with this uh, traveling as well that everything was on wheels so everything moved at the right times and i i think when it, it came to the jesus scenes or the bits where they're in africa and and like um bushes are coming out they're, they're actually on runners weren't they so they yes. went along the stage yeah. um just moving forward yeah. and back and, and just so to forth. keep them in the same positions and things like that for yeah scenes and but whenever they went to like the airport or or just when they actually got to um uganda just things were just on wheels and they just wheeled on wheeled off moved around so it wasn't a great big massive one structured set or things that flew down or flew up or whatever this was very much everything's on wheels they wheeled on wheeled off and it at the very start i thought okay so this is very bare is this very cheap am i gonna like this i wasn't quite sure and it's also a lot of the the the, the originating scenes are dropped in scenery, pan painted scenery, yeah, that depicts certain places and certain areas, which also makes you feel a little bit panto. It's yeah, well, they did little, when they went when um um when they go to to uh, Salt Orlando Lake City and, and or he know, dream when he's doing, he, I believe he dreams. Of, no, or is it after the? But in the oh, first half, yeah. no, when they do hello, yeah. that that is a, is oh, a dropped one, yeah. in scene of of Salt Lake City, and you're starting to think, is this just going to be very one dimensional almost? It's it's very clever in the way. Yeah, I thought this is going to be cheap production and i can confirm before we carry on that this is exactly the same staging as in london so i was yeah. pleasantly surprised surprised i was, I was pleasantly heard. surprised that the production we saw was actually as good as the one that i saw in london because i do know that on tour certain big productions make changes and cut things out or cut scenery pieces out because they're actually touring and they've yeah. got a lot to travel and transport whereas this they didn't and i can i can understand and probably Stephen can see that it's a good job they did they didn't yeah. hold back really so anyway i'll let you carry on oh i don't really know what else to add other than it just each scene with each scene it, everything just improved well it got better and bigger it did it, it, it got Bigger, better, longer and uncut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's precisely that. I think from the very first song, it was like, oh, it's going to be one of those. I'm really going to like these. Because some musicals I can listen to, like we, we, we had the whole um, Little Rise of Big Voice. or No, the Big Rise, Resistible Rise of Little Voice. That, that one. And the rise then, of little Vo- rise of fallen little, of little yeah. boys. and then there was the blood brothers as well and there were there were good musicals or oh, billy elliot as well yeah. there was good musicals however there were sort more of play with music the, yeah they were more um, strict with the, the lyrics and stuff yes. whereas because this was a satire and fun it just it got you in a jolly entertaining um so you felt entertained it yeah. just got you in a great mood a great mood straight yeah, away from the opening you know? number right the way through you yeah. felt that you you felt like you were going to enjoy this like the, yeah. some of the big sort of broadway musicals the big mgm musicals the big thing well yeah. put out big productions that you've you know seen throughout history really and the great thing about the first song is it introduces every single one of the uh, the mormons yes uh, they're all young they all yeah. look the same yeah, they're all dressed the same. Yeah, but the one character at the very end is the one who's making stuff up, and yeah. you've he he has the character flaw. Yes, which is basically I suppose we're going into the writing bit here is the catalyst and sort of the fixer of 
how things escalate in the actual play itself. Yes. For like the the subplot. Yeah, and I think I think also like the opening number starts you wondering what you're going to see because there's slight subtleties in the song mm. that make you think, hey, what's what's going to happen now? Because it sort of leads you down a garden path. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's you, it. I, you, I had no idea what the heck was going on. No. No, and that the, and that shows you the cleverness of writing and restraint. I think I wasn't quite sure what I was watching. I thought, you know, this is like South Park does the Southern music meeting the Lion King with a bit of hairspray. You probably about summed it up. To be fair, that's what I got from it. You know what I mean? And uh, when when I was listening to I Believe, it has elements of I have confidence with the line. So what's so special about that? Yeah, I picked exactly. up on that. Thought, uh, is that is, have they just like picked some of the greatest musicals ever and just like taken the out of that or emulated that as like a um, paint by numbers sort of uh, this is how we do a musical so we'll 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 follow these we'll have a male Tracy Turnblad but she's going to be Maria Von Trapp going in to rescue everybody and it's going to be set when they go over to the Lion King but I think that's very indicative of what they do in South Park yes it's basically let's flip it let's turn it let's do what what has never been done and let's 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 go there yeah you know and I think that's the they must have had so much fun in putting this production together and I think that they might have struggled to restrain themselves to keep things in and not put other things in that they came up with because they must have had so much on the cutting room floor for this well exactly but I can't imagine anything else that they they wouldn't have dared to to go with uh to be honest and um if you didn't know these people wrote south park you pretty much would by the time you got to the devil definitely oh, because good. you can't go anywhere without south park doing like uh the devil and who's in uh who's in hell what's well, a load of gay people mincing around and there's always like hitler yeah Hitler's always there, being gay, all mincing around. And it's always got that kind of scene where they sort of take the mick out of everyone who's sinful and yeah. just throw in the gaze. I don't think they d- they necessarily do it on purpose. I think they do it in a, in a nod, nod, wink, wink sort of a way. Oh, they're, all, they're all sinful. Well, they're gay, aren't they? Yeah, it's almost pointing at what the general consensus is. In, is for, in from America. a religious point of from, view. Yeah, from a religious yeah. point of view. And I think, but you, they never do it in a way that feels derogatory or wrong. No, which is. It feels it, really, it's really clever, really, in the way that they've done. But that, that, I think that's why it made me think of the actual South Park movie, because they had like. Uh, Satan with Saddam Hussein just being in bed together yeah. doing that whole gay thing you know it's like but anyway okay. we digest again we do D- digress the set so we've talked a bit about the set everything is pretty much on wheels it gets wheeled on wheeled off everything's yeah. of, of the place and the era whether that's in Uganda or at the airport that you know it's pretty much bog standard to be fair yeah it really is it's um... Um, but um, directorially is that a word it must be a word yeah I feel directorially yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a word. Let's use it. Directorially. Yeah, let's do it. Copyright. Yeah. Yeah, just the movements. Have we got someone we can shout out? Like the 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 dancing. It's choreographed by Casey Nicolor. Yes. But then that's also who directed it with Trey Parker. Okay. So you can you can see, and I think that's important. Yes, definitely. Because you've got the writer explaining what they want out of that particular character. Yeah, and I'm going to make one point. There was only two directors in this, as in yeah. Trey Parker and Casey Nicklaw, which, in a way, you can see because it's got to the the, the size and speed of this production. You yes. you don't want too many voices involved in this this production mm-hmm. as a whole. Yeah, but I think that just shines through of how wonderfully it's been directed. Totally. Yeah. Just totally. Go from um, not just seen to scene but every character had tiny little nuances that whether the director was hands-on to tell them to do it like this or yeah. whether the actors brought that to the role but i can just imagine with the cast that we saw are completely different to the ones that did like the original soundtrack for example they sound the same yeah and i mean for saying this is being performed in london as well at the moment exactly and with a different tour, cast yeah the different cast it's how they and when I saw it in London, it sounds the same as it did today. This and time. I bet they've all acted in a sort of military fashion. Yes, like they're all acting and moving at the same time with the same thing. Like everything's choreographed. Like we talk a dance about move. we talk about the Book of Mormon. There must be yeah, a, book a book of, of Mormon the musical because you have to do it in a certain way. And it's all about comic timing, comic pauses. Mm. You you've got live music as well, so they've got a band playing music, but you you can't throw away any of those facial gestures or hand movements in those 
main roles and to a lot not to cap- grab the audience because it's not just about the words they sing, it's about how they perform the, those songs. It's Everything's in there and you've got to grab a hold of it and make the most of it to get the audience to laugh, to yeah. enjoy it, to be... To, also see the depth in the performance as well because there's far more to this and we'll talk more in the writing but there's far more to this than just about the actual speaking parts of it yeah i just thought they had a a job and it doesn't surprise me that the choreographer and the director were doing this together Mm. because there's no way this could have been directed without choreography because it's so choreographed with not only on stage but off stage there's so many little mini costume changes or things where somebody will walk off and do something else and there's some surprises which we won't talk about because i don't think we should no but there's certain elements that they're done in such a speed that you don't even know it's going to happen and and i think that's really key but also all the cast members involved are involved in set changes scene changes you see no technicians on stage Mm. you see nobody walking out with a headset everybody does everything and i think that is also so key to this production working so well absolutely no i completely agree there yes even down to the uh the conductors yeah and the the music pit and everything which yeah just um i think that helped tremendously because yeah. what we didn't uh state was at the very beginning the intro bit with the jesus that, that was pre-recorded with um matt yeah. stone or trey parker I can't yeah. tell basically which it's, it. it's lip-synced but it, with, yeah, yeah, it just with, it, with just, real actors on stage. Yeah, yeah, it, you knew it was either um, Cartman or Stan Marsh. It's almost or like God out speaking there. above, isn't it? It's like Randy Marsh, rather. Yeah, yeah, but those notable voices that you yes. know from South Park is basically the writers. Yeah, and then it goes into. And that did that knowing that no way detracts from their performance on stage because that means you've got to act more physically did they lip synced as well they lip synced and you've got to act more the more gestures you use those characters have to be done with with more because you've got a a big audience to entertain you've got to project even if you're not speaking yeah so shall we start talking about the writing and uh i mean we could even touch upon the musical numbers as well yeah i think that's probably a good way to go because the musical actually tells a story based on the songs anyway yeah i think this is definitely not a play with music this is a musical yeah in its standard structure of musicals across the this this genre is very much a structured with music transporting you to the next part of the production it's not just about that music being additional so it was written well the book music and lyrics you see even the even the actual creative team they collectively put book music and lyrics together yeah in the actual thing so that's trey parker robert lopez and matt stone oh yeah so obviously uh matt and trey are from uh, south park and robert um i don't know who he is but you've mentioned that he does um avenue q and frozen as well which on a previous podcast you said that you wasn't particularly keen on but was that the same frozen or was that just a production of it but lopez has been involved in frozen and in the adaptation for broadway He's also done a lot of Disney productions and Scrubs, and so so you can see where he's come from. But he's also some of his work has been featured on South Park and The Simpsons, so you can see why okay. the yeah. link comes from from there. I mean, Frozen, I wouldn't say it's one of my favourite adaptations to Broadway. I don't think it was the best production. However, he has been responsible for Avenue Q, and if mm. anybody gets a chance to see that, I would urge them to because if you want to see an adult version of Sesame Street turned into a <laughs> musical, it was actually really cleverly done and is definitely worth watching but yeah so you can see the talent involved in actually just the the actual writing and the the songs of this production and it doesn't surprise me that it has a similar feel to other productions that they've been involved in so team america south park and all those type of productions that actually you can just you can just see where this sits within their world Mm. well i suppose it was the next step yeah i think from sitcom you probably don't really film, think about it yeah you stage don't play musical yeah you you think because they they don't they do have musical numbers within south park a lot you don't always think about well they could turn it the whole thing into a musical almost and they mm. probably fell upon this story and then it just they just sowed the seed and that's there we go we we're creating a piece of theater yeah i remember reading something somewhere that people in i think actually it was on youtube when i was listening to the original soundtrack afterwards because i was that hooked yeah that um told you it would be i know the, a couple of people had been mormons and they, they they got the actual context right of everything about being repressed and having to go and do some aid yeah. work and stuff like that so it was it was good to know that it was realistic rather than it just being like a piss take for the sake of it 
you know, it was obviously um, yeah, I get stemmed that. from I think, truth. I think that people forget that sometimes most of these parody stories or satire come from a place of real truth. Yeah. And all it's doing is highlighting the issues that these things cause, maybe in the long term or maybe that are already happening. And, it's, and I suppose research-wise, they don't have to dig very long before they find this. Mm. And you, you, in a way, you can see how well-researched the production is yeah. just by how deep they manage to go. So I think that's really clever, mm. really. I think also by doing a musical and making it a comedy and laughing about it makes you able to talk about it without fear because they've already um, set the bar so low or so high, yeah. whichever way that you want to like say it in terms of um, what the topic or the kind of words or things have used taboo taboo subjects yeah yeah, they've said that you actually feel well actually i was part of that and that's um, where i come from and i'm glad someone's actually showcased or or turned it on the light (laughs) yeah the light switch and and illuminated what it's actually really about yeah and i think it's probably the best place to talk from a writing perspective on that mormonism was the almost the springboard for this production to look at religion as a whole and Mm. that a book of text is the reason that people believe and also that they believe something and they run with it and don't necessarily think about the context or where the origins of this story is you know because we're all the brothers Grimm stories are a series of books of there are a series of fairy tales which is very similar to a bible or a a book of mormon they're all stories that people read into and interpret the same way that the quran's interpreted or the same way that every other religious text is is interpreted so it's very interesting to sit back and actually look at this and go actually anything like this is is seen as you know the book of mormon but it's it's so much more well i suppose it's because you're coming at it from a different perspective like every religion everything comes from pretty much the same book yeah or the same trilogy yeah <laughs> with the third being found in gold plate shall we say but everyone's taken different aspects of it between whereabouts they sit on the particular religious line yeah so everyone's seeing the same stories but in different versions or in exactly. different ways and taking different bits out of it but it's, it's similar to i mean the, the end of the day the book of mormon's an interpretation of the bible yeah Similar to the Quran, there are multiple different versions of translations into English by different elders who translated it in the way they wanted to translate it. So yeah. there isn't just one true representation or translation. There are so many out there that, that the, is very interesting. It's the same principle in a way that, you know... Well, it's the same thing with the King John Bible, isn't it? Yes. Um, it was whatever uh, was popular or whoever decided to put so many uh, stories or... What they call testament? No, not yeah, testament. Testament. Yeah, testament. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. Because there's uh, allegedly so many more stories that weren't put in because they sort of... Didn't fit. Didn't fit the... the Legend narrative, shall we say, yeah. air quotes, as to what uh, was right or what they wanted people to abide by at that particular time. And when you were talking about belief system, which I think you were yeah. touching upon, yeah, yeah, touching upon saying it, that, but yeah. we all have a belief. Yeah. But but whether to wholeheartedly believe is something completely different. And where do you draw the line, or where do you then question your belief or question? Exactly. Um, is it right? Was it right? Is this actually a story or is this like folklore or fact yeah, or exactly. fiction? You know, it's um, it's up to your own interpretation as well. It but really I think is. Um, it, it, this thing just um, highlights, I think, from where I'm guessing the majority of us are sitting, like people have been brainwashed. Yeah, it is, it's almost the delusion that this one item of text like a it's court. your guidance yeah, yeah it's like, like that so yeah it's it's like you can't believe anything else but this one item and i think that's where yeah. without questioning where the origins of it are and i think that's that's what this you know we're going really deep here but i think that's where when you actually look at the amount of research that's been done the real the real thing is they're actually trying to explore that and and show you how that can happen you know and because it's uh, satire and uh, mocking, well, mm, sort of mocking the the religion, shall we say? Yeah. Um, they've included that in one of the songs, haven't they? Where yeah. they've said, um, well, God said to, was it Jediah or something? I can't remember the name now. But underneath that tree, there's going to be some gold plates or something. Yeah, it's about but, the gold plates and the uh, yeah the. Ex- you're you're going to die. Tell someone else that um, 
you found them. Yeah, but but you're never actually going to see the plates because no, they've already no, gone missing. Yeah. But trust but me, yeah. that they're there. Yeah. And then they're basically saying, oh, I guess that was God's plan, just cause. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, you it's know. one of those facts in history that people may not question. But yeah, don't question it. Don't just, question just it. Believe. Just believe what, what's written. And, and I think that's the interesting part, that they are they are truths in in the Mormon religion that people still haven't got an answer for. And I think those... Yeah. But that's how cults start. And what I would say, and we're not going to go down this... Hmm. Uh, we're not going to go down this thing, but anybody listening now... If ever you listen to anything politically now or whatever's going on, question everything and don't believe everything you hear. Yeah. And that's the best way to stay sane. Definitely. Not I mean, everything you is can, what you see. If you if you listen to our podcast on Animal Farm, it, yeah. you can start and draw similarities by how a a nation can change. It's very it's very interesting to, to draw parallels with with a governmental system or a belief system. Yeah. It's very but interesting. It's funny as well with everything we've gone through with the last couple of years. If ever you um, question anything, you're you seem to be like a conspiracy theorist as well, which gets banned. Even just about. To having that question rather than or like you're a Nazi or right wings or whatever. It's like really, I've just posed a question: Is this yeah. right or wrong? Is this is what you're telling me right or not? Yeah, and I think and yet that's... somehow it's taboo to say, or you know, you're going against a narrative or something. And that's where you can look at, you know, there's, and I think that's that's where you know we have gone really, really deep. But I think that's, I think that's we need the true more shovels. Yeah, this, I think we, do. we need to dig a bigger hole <laughs> for ourselves. <laughs> Probably, we've really made this sound light and hearted and fun, but this is actually yeah, it started a off truth. great. We've you dropped, know, this we've is dropped the, a couple of figures know, now. This is where Book of Mormon actually. Yeah, so let's bring it back onto a happier track. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's let's talk about the, the the other songs that we've got there. Okay. So um, I I didn't think there was ever a bad song throughout throughout all this. There's only there's only a few musicals I've ever seen where I fundamentally love every single song. This one now, um, Hairspray. Yeah. Definitely Hairspray and Chicago. Yeah. And I definitely. really can't think of any other musical where I've loved every. Uh, maybe Aladdin, but does that count because it's animation? Yeah, it counts. It counts. It's good. It's got, yeah. But the night I mean, before, you know, and no, like, stage version or the new one they did, that was just... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't even say original, because the original wasn't really the original. The no. night before version. But... I think, for me, something else that you, you know, I agree totally with what you've said. Oh, good. Every musical number in this piece is different. Yeah. And that's important with and this catchy. production. Yeah. I'm it, not been it, I've not stopped singing. Exactly. But I think it's it's so close to so many other musicals or they point fun on I wouldn't say they rip to pieces other musicals, but they use the same formula mm. for the songs. And Do you think there's a bit of like Rogers and Hammerstein in there? Yeah, then? I do. I think I think there's a lot of you know, because it's like in the King and I when you start <gasps> having the moments of yes. Uncle Thomas. They had a and, bit of fiddle the, on the roof as well. But you see a bit of fiddle yeah. on the roof, but Uncle Thomas where it's like a completely out there like crazy production in the middle of King and I and it's yeah. like this is puppetry and craziness and then it goes completely back to Shall We Dance and it's like there's those moments and then I think it just creates it's pulled from so many genres and so many references that when you watch it again you realise there's so much more. I think that probably I can understand then why I felt like it was very much South Park doing uh, Hairspray doing Sound of Music doing yeah. The Light Meeting The yeah. Lion King. and because that's what it is it's yeah. drawing so many references from so many places but it all worked you yeah. know it's like it becomes a symphony rather than a than a crash of musical instruments on the floor it actually all ties in really well yeah what's one of the favorite songs well for me it's always going to be hasadiga eoy yeah that's a good one i love that i'm going to say it again hasadiga it's hasadiga eboy hasadiga eboy yeah or eagleye eba eba Hasadiga Ibawai. There's no G in it. What? Oh, Hasadiga Ibawai. Hasadiga Ibawai. Ibawai. You said Ibagawai. Then you said it again. Ibagum. Ibawai. Yeah, that's nice, but I like turn it off. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, equally turn it off. I yeah. mean, to be fair, All of it's them, like picking it? your favourite children. There's that many in there that I can't oh, really. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. really I think, think I, I can pick. pick out all of them. I, I, I could be quite you know. evil, but you're a snotty idiot. No. No, I thought. I like my musicals, and I'd, I'd yeah. probably say I will say the soundtrack does the musical justice because it feels like everything's included. There are a few bits that aren't in there. Oh, oh, oh! It just occurred to me. Um, Sondheim, Sondheim. Yeah, Sondheim. Sondheim. Yeah, I thought I was right. Company. Yeah. 
I love company. That's another one that I just love all the way through. See, it's like for me, I, you know, sometimes there's, there's the intervals. There's um, Sweeney Todd. There's oh Sweeney um, Todd. Yes, of course. Yeah, and that. There's Sunday oh, the in the Park with bigger. George. There's loads of. There's only Sundimes that I could talk See, about. Into the Woods. I'm not like it's my favourite. Hit and miss with some of the songs, like the Slotted Spoon. I like that one. The big, yeah. the big spoon doesn't slot inside the slotted spoon. I don't know. I don't know. It's a long time since I saw it. Jekyll and Hyde. Did he do Jekyll and Hyde? That bitch, bitch, bitch. Maybe. Maybe not. Don't know. We're going off tangent, though. We're Look, not really get back, going. Get back to the songs. Yeah, I mean, one thing I do find is they've not only have they pulled songs to almost parody other musicals, but there is a lot of songs written that have actually got quite a lot of heart. Going into the writing of the lyrics as well, what I quite like is the fact that um, Trey and Matt will go really like... Well, they, they pretty much cross the line with a lot of it. But I, I like that on the nose, sort of really a, a bit of a jab. Yeah. So, like, when when they did the whole uh, Big Along or Uncut, when it was Blame Canada, because not even a real country anyway, and um, Uncle, that one. That one, yeah. That one, shall we say. <laughs> yeah, just Uncle. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all that, when they, they go... On to um, just turn it off and repressing everything, and they talk about well, my sister's got cancer, and then it's like, well, I couldn't go to see her because I was waiting in line for a new iPhone. The know, Apple Store and the Apple Store. You know, it's 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 gonna sound weird, but it's those kind of lyrics that makes songs memorable. I don't necessarily want to say relatable that we can all relate to, but I think it's just because it's quite funny and it's not just um, necessarily like building up just a phrase in a song for the sake of it, like a normal written song, for example. Yeah, Specific to a character and and each bad thing gets outdone by another big thing, which is just equally as worse. But they seem to like just keep pushing the buttons all the time. Yeah. But I think also that's that's indicative of the writing style where for me it's not just about the themes and the things they discuss. There's a lot of misdirects in this where things are sung in a happy, jolly way, mm. but actually have got so much more meaning that are actually harder and more strong than the language they use. And you you, you come away after every song going, oh my God, they went there and yeah. they said that. Or, you know, it's like Hasadiga Ibawai. It, it actually means F you God. Yeah. But they sing it in such a happy, jolly way that in Uganda, people have been driven into deep despair and they would be cursing the Lord. But they do it in a careless way. But they do it in a careless way because in their eyes, they've got to get through life somehow. And I think... Yeah, they've gone past the point of caring. But that song then comes across so much more with more strength because it means so much more... In that state of mind. In that state of mind, yeah, Yeah, definitely. And I think that's... But it's the same as turn it off. It's done in such a happy, jolly, tap-dancing way. But actually... That was brilliant, yeah. But actually, it shows how much people have had to go through to switch yeah. off feelings, thoughts, and it still happens now. People do we it all, all do the it. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody does it. Let's not go into you, that dark room. We're Let's not going to go. Let's just switch it off on. and yeah. turn it off and put it in that room. Put a little put, tap dance number with yeah. the but, camp. And I think on. that's the beauty of this writing that there's a lot of things like that that happen through the whole piece that you just realise, wow, that's why it makes you want to watch and listen to it again because of that the way it's written and the the context and the way it's performed from that writing on a page to the way it's actually put in front of you and presented to you and they're just not bothered about what they say or what where they go like they 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 will always talk about get aids they will always talk about gay people they will always talk about like um minorities or, or black people and just say that they're like um somehow repressed and white people are you know they sort of go there with the whole race thing definitely yeah they don't they don't hold back and like babies and stuff and frogs do you know what i mean it's yeah, yeah like, exactly it's, it's the most bizarre topics that they will ever think of like if you think like baby is like oh that's taboo that why on earth would you do that but then i'm going to cure that by okay just frog yeah you know it's like it's out of left field in a way you know but definitely it's, it, they always go to the extreme and i think that's why people really deep down love it because it's because it is taboo it's yeah exactly like britain is sort of like losing its ability to laugh and to you know you can't be rude to people or you can't offend people you can't do you know pretty much say anything but they kind of get away with it just because they are going to the extreme i think as well because they get the context right yeah it feels really well done in because basically we end up in uganda for most of the production Mm. and 
that could become cliche, but they somehow make it feel right in throughout yeah. the whole piece. And the songs equally change according to the production, you know, and I think that everything feels like it's been written for a purpose and you can tell that it has because it doesn't feel thrown away. There was no there's no filler songs in this. No, but also that it's it, it can be down to very stereotypical ways as well especially when it comes to like how people are in uganda yeah definitely you know they're they're very obvious with their choice like equally with like gays they're not just they've got to be like the campest of camp gays do you know what i mean it's it's got to be like to the extreme and when they did the song of um i am africa yeah it's all the white, white white like um mormons yeah all, all the white Mormons were basically there saying they are Africa. Meanwhile, pushing out all the actual um, the Africans away, and and they're looking around thinking, really. But that that shows that throughout the whole thing that we've been through, all of a sudden they're claiming claiming almost white supremacy, and it's yeah, like, they are, it's yeah, really. Yeah. But at first, it does, they do you have, don't get it, and then all yeah. of a sudden you go, oh my god, we're going down this route, and it's like it's almost cringeworthy, but it's so. It's, like, it's because they've got the audience on side to laugh yeah. at themselves and to laugh at the, at the fact that this happens. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it, they're showing you what yeah. does really happen in the world, and yeah. it's and it does it in such a way that you don't think about it. I kind of got. You sat there. You kind of get it from the very beginning as well, where it's like they're going to go to Uganda, and then these um, white boys are, are trying to like convince everyone that their new God, in a way, their new faith, believe yeah. in me sort of thing yeah. we'll show you the way we'll make your life better by following they're like angels paradise. from and the sky that have come yeah. down to so change actually, the world they do actually go there and tell the story and, and I suppose it's like they always go for the moral yes they don't necessarily have a moral at the end like a normal South Park episode but I think it's written throughout in quite a lot of the scenes yeah. and, and the stories I think the moral and, the moral of the story is they, just they, not to be no <laughs> not well, to do well, anything it's almost to, that to be a collective people they almost have to have a similar belief I think yeah. that's the main moral of, of because it does change towards the end and it shows it almost makes it doesn't i wouldn't say it makes fun of the mormon religion but what it does do is say that religion is is a construct that's built on the teachings of the prophet really and and, and I we think see that's... how in one of the sorry i yeah. just interrupted you and see how in real time by yeah. following elder cunningham certain lies or manipulation or changing of, of like introducing star wars characters and the hobbit and, yeah. and all that kind of thing how these people who are starting to believe these well, they're oblivious to they're oblivious to the text, so they're believing the stories yeah, they're, they're, they're being what, told. The to- yeah, exactly. Rather than the actual text, because yeah. even Elder Cunningham admits that he's never read the text. So it's, yeah. it shows you that the, you know those stories that you can make up. And but also towards the end of the production, there's a, a song that the actual Ugandans perform the Joseph Smith American story again. Oh yeah, yeah. But it shows you how much interpretation comes into play then, because they replay the story that we've seen earlier. Yeah. And through song and through a almost small theatre production, all in music and song, and it's a complete reinterpretation of that original story that Elder Cunningham has told them over time, and they've put it into one piece, and it just shows what can happen that these people have are believing and enjoying this story and using its teachings, and also showing intelligence where they they understand it's a metaphor. They understand that oh, they it's knew, just didn't they? Straight a, away. it's just the teachings of somebody, and they did. They're, they're not blind to the fact that it's a metaphor for learning because you know even I've mentioned yeah, the brothers to Salt Lake City it was a metaphor yeah and, exactly and, like you had to have one of the characters believe that it actually was real but the all the rest of them knew that it was like it was within you. Well, I mentioned the Brothers Grimm tales, fairy tales earlier. They were written to teach children about good and bad. Mm. You know, they they weren't just written as as children's stories. They were taught that if you'd follow, if you if Hansel and Gretel went to the witch, they'd end up being cooked in the oven. You know, it's those sort of they're, they're really basic level stories, but actually they teach children right and wrong and and things that you should and shouldn't do and so this is you know this is the same thing where they're all metaphors for life really mm. now moving on do you know what we're here for we're we're here for the drama okay so Stephen. yes what did you think about the dramatic performance of this production Oh my! It was just—it was just great. It was non-stop. It was every nuanced bit of movement. Definitely want to shout out to Connor Pearson who played Elder Cunningham. From he had bags of energy and everything from the get-go. He was like aloof. He was like it was like he was dressed backwards. He, this is what I mean. Like he was Tracy Turnblad. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Coming in like a bit of a um, so yeah. happy, so jolly. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah. This is, oh, look at this! Oh, yeah, how yeah, cool yeah. is this? And the moment 
there was him and Alda Price, Robert Colvin, and they were sat down after they were in the um, the airport, and it was like, oh, you're my best friend now, and stuff. All those little details of, are you a Star Wars fan or a Star Trek? And he just, he did the finger, the, what do you call that, like uh, salute, or the, the, the parting of the fingers? Yeah. You know, it was those tiny little details, which was so down to the character and, and the fact that he will just go along with whatever whim was going in a way. But they were all, every single cast member was just on the ball. And like we said previously, like they, they must have rehearsed it, like drilled into them. So they all gave like a, a um, the same kind of response in terms yeah. of acting. So it's I can't quite judge if they had any personal import or not but no. whatever it, it worked it's a bit like way, the... they, they they lived up to the to the um the demands of what they needed for each character and before um sorry before you go in no, i just need one more thing to say i thought jordan lee davis was just amazing elder mckinley and uh moroni he played moroni moroni the Greek god, or yeah, Morona. It's not or, Greek. It's just Morona. It what was it? part of the Mormonism following Morona. Yeah, John Lee Davis as Alda McKinley and uh, Moroni was just amazing. He was just great, and I think it's just because he played this camp character, and he when he had to like hold it in in the you know that particular yeah. song, he really did. But then the moment he could like let it all out and be a bit flamboyant, a little bit gay, and do a bit of tap dancing and stuff, he was just living. For the moment, he was just... I mean, I was here for the drama, but he was living for the drama. Oh, yeah, always. You know, it was just yeah. a shout-out for the, a brilliant performer. And if he's um, only in this tour or this production, I, I don't know if I'd be able to cope seeing that somebody else perform it the way he does. He's just... Him and... Um, sorry, Connor Pearson. I just... I can't... If there was a movie made, I want them to be in it. Yeah, exactly. Too. You know, it's just they're, they're perfect casting for what I, what I see. Just yeah. because they were just so funny and so full of energy and just, every, you know, I'm just, I just don't know what to say. I'm just, I love it. I love them. Sometimes on the touring productions, you always end up seeing maybe somebody, some people that aren't as, as well known as, yeah. as other performances. But I think this tour, they, they were very conscious of making sure that these performers were as good as the West End stage. Yes. And I think that, and Broadway, to be honest. I mean, one thing I've just realised is um, Robert Colvin, big shout out to his performance, but he was actually a standby Elder Price in the North American tour as well. So he's he's been in America, mm. so he's probably yeah. paid, played Elder Price in America as well. Yeah. So it's not just, you know... So we've got performers... Yeah, I, I've, I've, se- sorry, I've seen, like, um, YouTube clips of, uh, is it Randall? Or Andrew yeah. Randall. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, and but the th- I think that the difference is with that particular character, like the 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 other Mormons, yes. shall we say, they're all carbon copy of the same person. Yes. They're all cute guys, yeah. cute young yeah, definitely. twinks, shall we yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, Do you exactly. know what I mean? So And and Robert Colvin's are almost your jock you you your jock, sort of, yeah, yeah, Elder Price is that almost up the, and coming the, the better the, looking the one the that's taller. gonna be the, the leader. Yeah. He's the is the yeah. natural born leader because he's he's fitting more of their you know, he, he's mm. the one to aspire to almost. Yeah. But go on, you were saying or trying to say. <laughs> I don't know what I was say. I think overall casting wise that like you know, I mean I can't fault any of the decisions between all the cast because everybody was strong and I suppose we've talked a lot about the Mormons themselves. Yeah. But I mean for me it's also a shout out to, to everybody else in the production because I suppose we could say the the performers in Uganda, they oh, they have to like just so well. so really so committed to the songs and totally understood the positioning of this musical because it is a very shall we say black white musical where yeah. they have to they have to show race and race racism issues and when you go into the de- depths of that from a drama perspective it could be taken completely the wrong way and i feel that this well they cast, show it but they don't make an issue of no. it they just play it out so we can obviously see it yeah exactly and and that's where pitch comes and like performance it's i think you know right at the end it brings everybody together and you don't nothing feels like it's been done badly or and the cast you can tell just enjoy performing this whole piece really yeah. and and i think it's it's done with such you know and and all of them just it takes a team to do a performance this well and they they did nothing but work but work as a team and one thing i was going to say is similarly to a um you know the book of how to do more book of mormon musical it's almost the same level of experience and performance as we saw in blood brothers where there's got to be a book yeah. that says how you do that performance to get the return that we 
we've seen on stage. Mm. And I think that that says it all because and you don't mess with that. You know, that is how it's done. And it, but it also makes me wonder if these performers have actually spent time with other Mormon casts yeah. to actually get to this level because it's not something you can just learn overnight. There's not just a few few rehearsals. I can see why it's touring, but when it's touring, it's on for a good few weeks at each venue. Yeah. to give it this level of performance really because if yeah. it was only on for nine nights or five five days or you know it just what I don't think they they'd get to the level of this performance and for such a great play it, it you literally need to fill the theatre several times over and I think it has done really extremely well at Nottingham yes it has uh, Theatre yeah. Royal you know, yeah and I think it was timed well because night. I think a lot of people need this in their life to have a little bit of detachment from the, the world yeah yeah, and I would say as well like even though all the cast that were in the um, the Africa Assembly in Uganda shall we say yeah. playing those parts it's difficult to uh, pick out people but the the one that played the daughter Avia Tully she had um, an amazing singing voice I must say that yeah she, totally and, and she works so well with she Connor commanded Pearson. the stage on her own as well like yeah. there was moments where she was just her on yeah. stage and it was just when brilliant. Oh, what song was it oh I will baptize you yeah baptize me yeah, yeah. That, that's it yeah they worked so well together and it was just so cute seeing them together and it was I quite like the fact as well, whether this is um, an afterthought or a writing or whatever, when when he started calling her like a, oh, Nutella or Neutrogena yeah. or Nigel Farage and, yeah. and all these other little, um, um, yeah. oh, what else did he say? It was like a, something like a bomb or something, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was just, I think it was yet again another little writing thing where it just pointed fun at. It, it, sort of, it also hinted at like, white people language sort of barrier like, like no, no, they're not, yeah, not even no, paying attention to no, somebody's like a, name or it, it, ignore it, like you don't really matter don't really know your name because well, you're I'll black. say something yeah do you know what yeah, I mean exactly. it, it got that kind yeah. of uh, racism sort of a name yeah. in, in it as well but yeah. it, was, uh, it was noticeable but I don't know it's but I think that's the level of this production where you go away you thinking more yeah and you go ooh you think, I've just great. laughed at that but actually on a deeper level that's quite actually bad you yeah know, it's, it's, but, but it but happens on, yeah but if you keep going deep all the time you're just going to dig yourself into a tunnel and just never live a life are you really no but I think that's it. what makes you want to listen to it and watch it again and I think that's what sows the seed for yes. making you and we are. be there again yeah. Thus, me already seen it before I saw it here. Now, technical situations. What the tech is this? So, Stephen, the technical aspect of this production. I mean, normally I'm the person that advises and talks about yeah. the technical aspect. However, I think seeing as uh, somebody's commanding this performance, I think you should start. I mean, I just don't know. <laughs> Over to you. Go on, chat away. You... I think traditionally this production's been. Lit very, I think it's, I suppose it's lit very well in the sense of it's a lot of general cover. It's a lot of standard lighting scenes, really, because there's so much happening on stage. There's not a lot. You need to see the whole stage, really. It's it's always sort of open stage, full yeah, I think, stage. I think the only Apart time from did... a few nighttime scenes where yeah. they've got the odd follow spot on certain moments just to highlight a certain area of the stage and when they did the satan yeah bit, the satan dream, bit the i mean there, there was a bit where they they went to bed on a bed and they just had a square of light on the floor to show the walls the the, the walls of the room and it was very brightly lit really throughout the whole production there was a couple of mirror balls at the end where they used them as as part of just enhancing a few of almost cliche performances where you'd get a glitter ball moment they were they were thrown in there because they'd be there in big musicals and hairspray style things. So I think that was quite clever. I mean, one thing I'd say on the sound effects, I the recording work was great. I mean, it yes, it's probably been recorded a long time ago because they know it works, but God sounded like God. There was um, a lot of recording work used in, in some of the, the bits that were lip-synced and things like that, but they weren't... They felt part of the production rather than separate. So I think they did a lot of work. There was only one thing I will say mm. is the gunshot in the first half didn't even sound like a gunshot when when in Uganda there was somebody shot in the face. Oh, right, okay. There was no noise. So I don't sure? know if it was meant to be. It wasn't loud enough. It didn't have the same impact that maybe I've mentioned in other productions. Maybe he had a silencer. It could have done. <laughs> yeah, it could have done, but, you know... But other than that, really, I think... Yeah, you, you do know, go on about your gunshots. I do, you? really. Yeah, it's almost like I'm obsessed. Anyway, I do feel like the whole yeah. production was... 
it was enough. Everything was enough. It didn't. It, nothing overshadowed either, either anything really, and I think that's key for this. You know, they didn't. They didn't throw projections at it, which they could have done. They didn't throw other other things in technically that they yeah like they, tabs and yeah stuff. they there didn't none of they that didn't really, need to, they didn't need to add any extras there was a few technical things that i thought were really clever where some of the tabs that were dropped in as in the 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 scene changes or they they created a the ugandan um where the 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 boss man i'm trying to think of his name um, it's a rude word it's a rude word i'm not going to say it but where where the where the ugandan drug lord basically lived they dropped hessian in with a doorway made out of more Hessian, and yeah. it just was enough to bring the stage forward, but not not go over the top. And I think that was that was key for this whole production. Really, it didn't. There were it, they almost used old school Ted traditional staging methods rather. Than, they really did, didn't they? Yeah, they didn't actually go overly technical with this one, and, and I think it was quite confident really to do that because it didn't need any more. I think you'd be impressed by the lyrics and the the cast and and everything else that like you didn't need. All the 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 apart no. from the glitter balls, but you didn't need the re- the rest of the uh, the set being no because there was enough happening to yeah. take in. Then you know it's like the Ugandan set was was very much a rundown Ugandan to shacks village. and it's, stuff. Yeah, yeah, with the shacks, but but even then it was enough. It didn't it didn't need any more. Nice little car wheel yeah. and amount of crap. Even even just you know a simple light became the sun. And yeah. those sort of moments that was enough. They'd thought about it faithfully to make sure the whole thing worked together. So is there a particular scene you could relive or rewatch? It's Turn It Off all the time. Yeah. I'm not going to give away what happens in Turn It Off, but it's still one of my favourite scenes. I've got to say, I think that's definitely the one for me as well. I just love it. It's it's a scene that... it It's a scene that almost comes out of nowhere as well. Yeah. Because it starts really almost lacklustre yeah, yeah and then it it becomes so much bigger and means so much more yeah you know just the one line crush it says so much more than you'd ever think and i've I, you know you have to listen to it and go and see it to, to know where i'm going with that but, yeah. yeah yeah i'd choose the same as well scores now richard for this production of the book of mormon from one to ten with ten being a golden plated trilogy and one being turned off like a light switch. What are you going for? Well, I just keep running with this theme. It's a 10 out of 10 from me. <laughs> and it is the second time I've seen this. So I was pleasantly surprised that this was just as good a production as in London. So I would really say go and see it. Absolutely. I recommend it as well. So I'm saying a 10 out of 10 for me as well. I've seen it once and I'm going to see it again. I'm taking the family this time. So what sound effect will you be choosing from the following? A complete train wreck. Tumbleweed. An audible shrug of the shoulders. Uh? A slow clap. A pleasant applause. Or a standing ovation. What will it be? All I can give this is a standing ovation. Because it's amazing. I'm going to give it a standing ovation as well. I love the ending as well. When it all came back round again. And you had the uh, the people from Uganda knocking on the doorbells. <laughs> so, Book of Arnold. But, um, spoilers. Go and see it. It's amazing. Totally agree. And I'm going to see it again too. Just turn it off. So there we are. That's our discussion of the Book of Mormon. We hope you find it insightful. If not, entertaining. Coming up over the next few episodes, we will be discussing... Jekyll and Hyde. Accidental death of an anarchist. And the Wicked Lady. That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. Downstage.